Welcome to episode 20 of the Ski Discussions. I'm your host, A.B. Basson. In this week's episode, I'm joined by South African football journalist, Philili Myandu. After another failed qualifying campaign, what next for Bafana Bafana? Following defeat in Sudan, we'll miss out on another AFCON tournament. Vision 2022, Mia Fairytale. Tale. thanks for joining me on the Ski Discussions uh, once again. Uh, the main topic uh, of conversation will be Bafana Bafana. Uh, obviously, um, we're all distraught uh, following their, you know, elimination from from qualification and their failure to qualify for for Cameroon next year. In in a nutshell, um, what are your thoughts on our qualifying campaign? And you know, what did you make of our performance in Sudan uh, earlier this week? Yeah, well, uh, I think very disappointing. Um, Ab, um, thanks for the opportunity again to invite me uh, to your podcast. I think very disappointing. Disappointing, especially in the sense that um, this is a 24 team Afcon, you know, um, and when a country like South Africa can't even make a 24 team Afcon, uh, you start to wonder if <laughs> uh, what's what's next. I know that um, previously we've had challenges, um, but those challenges were to qualify for the 16 team Afcon, um, where there are a number of other big guns who, who would miss out, but. We were in um, in Cairo, in Egypt, uh, two years ago, and uh, we ended up as uh, one of the top eight teams there. Mm. So from being a top eight team on the continent um, to failing to be amongst top 24 teams two years later, it's it's disappointing. I know there are a lot of excuses that have been given, um, a lot of things, some of them for me, they don't really make sense because it's not only us that are affected. In fact, if I am to talk about COVID-19, COVID-19 affected, uh, if you look, let, let's look at the Ghana game, for instance. Yes. Ghana had five debutants against Bafana Bafana. And Ghana, they rarely feature locally based players in their starting lineup in official A matches. Yeah. You know, but... Um, in this situation, Ghana had four locally based players in that starting lineup, you know, and five debutants, you know, in total. So, so this this that is a team that has been hugely affected um, by, 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 by COVID-19. So COVID-19 has affected everyone, you know, and, 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 and for me, um, this is where it's, I have to say, it's um, it's just disappointing that we are not going to to the Afcon. And uh, yeah, um, I, I'm 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 just short of ways of expressing it. Yeah, I think everyone feels like that, and you know, especially watching the game against Sudan, um, conceding so early and then conceding another on the transition. I know Mulefi and Seki said it in the build up to the game that. He was expecting, you know, them to come at us and we could maybe exploit them on the transition on the counter-attack. And how ironic that we were the ones punished on the on the counter-attack. What do you think went wrong in uh, in Khartoum and Umdurman? Um, what do you think we did wrong in that match? Do you think our approach was... I know it's a difficult place to play in and people talk about the humidity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you come to expect these things when playing on the African continent, surely. I think if you look at Sudan and you look at how they got to... Uh, there are 12 points. Um, you will see that Sudan, they won all their home matches. Uh, 100% winning record. And I, I think uh, we've seen it even from the club interclub competitions. 
um, you want to qualify, win your home matches. And that's what mm. Sudan did. Yes, we will talk about the humidity. We will talk about uh, the ground there. Uh, we'll talk about how it's difficult for teams to come out of Sudan. But uh, if we talk about humidity, I remember in 2014, um, we went to Sudan with Bafana Bafana. Uh, it was Prashik's uh, first game. He yeah. won 3-0 in the same venue, mm-hmm. you know, sure. you know, um, and under similar conditions, you know, and 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 and, and so it's it's not something that's difficult uh, to achieve. Um, but I also I, I think I must also say that uh, it, it was proven when Sudan beat Ghana that they're not an easy team to beat at home. So it means that Bafana Bafana should have won their game against um, Ghana at home. Mm. Um, also to, to, to go to that game with a, a bit of fear for Sudan, you know, that even a win, just a win, it, it won't be enough, you know. Um, but I think also conceding early uh, also did affect us. And, and maybe, uh, especially playing in transitions, because I look at how we considered the second goal. Before we considered the second goal, there were moments where I was really not happy with um, how we were not compared between the midfield and the defense. And, 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 and you could see that they're coming at us and, and the lines were just too big. And there was not completeness in, in, in how we're dealing with them. And they, they had a plan. And you look at their physical strength uh, on the day. And at, at some stage I was wondering, if, did we come here really ready for this physical uh, the battle? You know, so, and, and, and I know that people have also been having a lot of things to say, to say, no, but you know what, uh, we lack um, overseas-based players, we don't have enough players-based overseas, we lost to a Sudanese team that only had two players playing outside Sudan. Mm, true. Um, one damning thing for me that was was quite concerning, and I know the the, the game wasn't picked up by uh, Supersport because of um, obviously the the deal that CAF have with a different broadcaster, um, but you could still st- uh, stream the game live. Um, but during the game, most people were watching the Formula One. Uh, I know some was were switching over to Bafana Bafana afterwards, but you know, as a country, that it, it felt to me like people had already lost hope with Bafana Bafana. Do you feel that's a that's a a damning statement on on the national team and you know where does how do we get the pride back and, and get people watching the country you know again it's only through winning it's only through winning uh ab um remember how people felt about bafana bafana uh, two years ago in egypt and uh, the way we started uh lackluster performances against uh, Cote d'Ivoire, um maybe not in uh, really convincing out of um the group stages um but also um i think if you look back um to to how we came out um of of the group and went on to beat the host egypt you know yeah. you could see what did to the nation people started to believe you know and this is the bafana that we've seen previously you know that would go to a tournament and compete and um, advance to the next stage and uh, people rally behind the team because no one will ignore, no one uh, will ignore a, a winning team, you know? Um, and, and that's why for me, this one, this one is very disappointing. Um, you know, we've seen teams like Gambia, we've seen Comoros, we've seen Ethiopia today. Mm. Uh, we've seen, um, my word, a number of teams um, 
that have qualified. We've seen Malawi, you know, now Sudan, teams that have qualified um, to, this, to, to, to this AFCON. Uh, Mauritania, returning to the AFCON, you know. So you count all those teams and you look at um, where our football is, uh, especially domestically, you know, for us not to be amongst those teams. It's 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 a huge indictment and uh, in, in in our in our football. Right now, we'll be going to uh, the World Cup qualifiers in June, and we're in the same group with the same Ghana, we're in the same group with Zimbabwe, our neighbors. We're in the same group with Ethiopia, you know, and all those teams are going to the Afcon. Yeah, Not I was us. Ab- I was about to get to that question. You actually stole the words out of my mouth. Um, all three of those teams have qualified for AFCON. They'll be in our group for the qualifiers. We talk about Vision 2022. I mean, how do we get past this group um, to get on to, to Qatar and to, uh, you know, next year? Um, you know, the World Cup's just around the corner. How do we change you know, from, from not making AFCON to making the World Cup? How do we get that right? Um, I have to say to you, unfortunately, I'm not really positive about um, the way forward. I'm not really positive because I don't know what plan the FA has going forward. Um, uh, as you know, there's a press conference tomorrow um, where they will be um, looking back and giving the feedback on 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 on, on, on this qualification campaign. Um, but I'm not expecting much from that press conference. You know, um, I just feel that technically we lack a vision. Technically, you know, we seriously lack a vision. And yes, I'm looking forward to we are playing in the Olympics, you know, uh, but Olympics is not the World Cup. Olympics is not the AFCON. It's still a junior competition, you know. Um, your football will always be judged by what the senior team does. And, 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 and in this case, um, you, 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 know, you know that uh, the World Cup qualifiers will start in June and finish before the AFCON starts because they finish in November. But you cannot tell me that if we cannot make a 24-team AFCON, that will be one of the top five teams going to the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good. Uh, obviously, there'll be a lot of introspection and, you know, I don't really like what-ifs um, in football. But if you look back at, at the squad that Mulefi and Seki chose for, for games against Ghana and Sudan, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, there were some players that should have been in the squad that weren't. Um, you know, we'll see. You spoke about earlier about the, the strength of our domestic league and, and how good Sundowns are doing. And, uh, you know, Pirates have had positive uh, results on the continent of late. Um, you feel there's there's a few players that you should have had in the squad that weren't there. And obviously it's easy to look in, in reflection and say, yes, that person should have been there. But was there a few names that maybe stood out for you that should have really been been on the plane to Sudan? For me, out of the players who are missing, um, if you really look at it, um, the players that we couldn't get who were selected, Bomani Zungu, um, um, Keegan Dolly, um, Dean Furman, and Tulan Serrero. And to be fair, uh, Keegan has not really been playing for Montpellier. Um, yes, Zungu was one player that I would say I w- were missing. Uh, I'm not really sure about Dean Furman. 
um, because there's also a drop down a bit now. Um, we know we, we, we know what he can give you. Uh, we know that he's a workaholic, um, but Tulan Serrano also has not been in the picture for that much, you know. But he's doing very well for his club, so we cannot really say we we're really missing those players. You understand? Um, especially judging by the kind of opposition that we're up against as well, you know. But um, I think I, th- I, th- I think for me, some of the players that I feel that we're really missing, Lebuhang Motiba up front, has been out injured for a very long time. Um, but, you know, I think, I think now going forward, going forward, um, the time has come for Coach Nseki, uh, or whoever is going to um, continue with the team, the, t- the time has come to, to refresh the team properly. You know, and 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 I know that the priority is being given to the Olympics, but we need to see those players who are in the under twenty-three, who've been to the under twenty to to the World Cup, under twenty World Cup, and who've qualified for the Olympics. <laughs> uh, we see Victor Osimhen, uh, we see Chikweze um, playing for the, the Nigerian um, Super Eagles. That's what we want to see, even with our boys. You know. Yeah. Um, people who are going to come and show some hunger, you know. So, 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 for me, I think the team needs to be transformed now. You, you touched on Seki, and you know, if he keeps his job or not, we'll find out later this week. Do you think it's a bit naive blaming him? Um, and solely him for for the failures of you know this Afcon campaign. You know, like we mentioned before the podcast started, we've missed out on a few Afcons now in the past decade. And frankly, you know, for a country like South Africa with the domestic league that we've got, and you know, the I think you know we we pride ourselves and we we hold ourselves at a greater standard. Um, do you think it's naive to blame him? Do you think there should be introspection at a deeper level uh, at Sofa House? No, uh, I think whoever just blames uh, Coach Nseke only um, is missing the point. Um, as I was saying here, that the biggest problem facing um, Safa uh, and, and in fact, um, Safkan football entirely is a lack of technical vision. Um, you know, if, if you look at even uh, at PSL club level, um, you, you look at, at, at some clubs, the, the technical decisions that get taken uh, the recruitment of coaches, the recruitment of players, all of those things. Um, you, you, you ask if, is there a standardized approach? Is there a formula that's being followed? Uh, are there standards that are being, that are being set to say, um, if, if, if a, a coach with a D license can, can, get, can be coaching international players, uh, is that something acceptable? Uh, being trained week in, week out, and those same players must go and play for the national team. You understand those things? Um, Safa, uh, yes, I know that um, we pride ourselves in having qualified for under-17, under-20 uh, tournaments, and now even the Olympics. And, but was, was that by design or by accident? Um, you know, um, is, is, what is the, the clear technical vision? You know, and I'm basing this on on some of my conversations with uh, some of the junior national team coaches, um, who've complained in the past about um, not having things like a, just a mere camp. You know, 
Um, even in terms of, we always talk about going to Europe mon- to monitor players, but I, I, I don't think uh, there's been a Bafana coach in the last two years who's been overseas to monitor our, our talent overseas. You know, and 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 you know, I, I was sharing something that uh, there's a picture that interested me uh, last week. A technical director of the Ghanaian Football Association. He was on the ground with uh, the president of the FA. Um, they were at the training session, I think for two days in succession. I haven't seen even our acting technical director around our national teams. You understand? Yeah. So, in fact, we don't have a, a technical director uh, currently. I know that uh, the FA is going through a phase um, of restructuring. Um, but but if, if I, I can look at the standards, um, even the, with the previous technical director, um, maybe I think the last time I could see a proper technical director who had vision at Safa was the Saramid Swaka, and that's more than seven years ago. You you spoke about the transition between, you know, from youth level to senior level and, you know, qualifying for these tournaments if it's by by luck or by judgment. Uh, if I, I'm just going through, you know, names in my head, you know, former under 20 captains, you'd think of uh, Tertius Malepe, you think of Ayobalela, um, you know, you go through all these names, you think of Kanisa Mayo, who's obviously now doing well at, at Richards Bay. Um, you know, he was a, st- a star at youth level, but they just we seem to struggle to to get you know players from youth level that are great at that level to be a star at senior level how do we how do we cross that bridge and get over that hurdle yeah so, so that's that's why that's why i'm saying um with all the resources that we have locally um uh, commercially off the field um we don't seem to have a proper plan for the core business of football you know um which is on the pitch you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of things that um, when I look at some other countries on the continent that are not well resourced as, as we are, but you, you can see the technical vision from them, you know, um, in terms of uh, proper scouting, um, also just following the processes. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of things for me. Uh, you know, I... I love what the MDC has done in recent years for our game, um, you know, but in terms of quality, are we really getting quality out of it? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And, and when I mean quality, um, AB, I mean, I mean players right now, we talk about um, not producing uh, enough players uh, to to go and play in Europe um, and and break into the top leagues, you know. What is the plan? What 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 is what is the technical plan? What is the what is the plan? And and and, and for me, um, there's always talk of how to revive schools football as well. But we know that for the past five years or so, schools football has has been politicized, you know. And and given a chance, uh, we've we, we've had even Dr. Petrus Mutsipe talking about this at CAF that uh, he wants to revive schools football. Given a chance, it can work for us, mm. you know, because the talent is there. But I think we've gone for the past few years now. There's no action around that space, you know. 
So, you know, we, we love football, you know, we love football. And, 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 and when we see other things, because we're not talking about things that we don't know, we see other things happening in other countries, countries that are not well resourced like us, you know, uh, they've got nothing, but they, they just know that there's a technical director and this technical director here, uh, he's gonna move and he's got um, maybe 10 uh, national scouts and from there, um, they identify players from there, and then those players, they move from there. You know, you, you know all those things. You don't have a situation where the scouting is done by agents, you know, um, where the real talent now is not coming up because now the, the scouting has been uh, outsourced to agents. And, 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 and this, this, this is a problem. And, and, and for me, I, I, I also... Uh, disagree when people say um, the problem is when our players are remaining here, here at home. We must have that equal balance because to have a strong football industry in the country, this, the league should also be stronger. That's yeah. why we have players who come back from Belgium and they get paid three times what they are getting in Belgium. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But equally, equally, our structures. Technically, they must be the best. You know, they must be the best. They must be skilled coaches, um, and and also there must be clear proper processes. Because currently the issue, the problem is that you have one or two or three PSL clubs with clear structures and processes, and and then you have the rest with nothing. Yeah, you know. Or they, they, or they, they differ a lot. You know, there's no, there's, there's, there's nothing that is standardized, and that's that's where you hope that something like club licensing will come and 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 help. But uh, it's not really, it's not really happening. Yeah, I actually had a good chat with KB about club licensing, and it's just a very interesting topic. And I think we've discussed this before as well. Um, but I'd just like to quickly touch on on Gambia and Comoros. Uh, you talk about the disparity between resources and, you know, you think it, a nation like South Africa uh, should be qualifying for AFCON, but then you look at Comoros and Gambia and you think, you know, how the hell did they get there? Um, you know, Comoros, Amir Abdu was appointed the head coach in 2014. He's obviously had a seven-year project um, and, and qualified them. Their story is just, you know, remarkable. Um, you know, just how... How amazing is it for them? And also Gambia, looking at their influence and their players playing in Europe. You know, they've got a lot of exciting talent coming through, especially in Italy. Um, you know, just for those who, who don't know and not so in touch with the African game, how big of a deal is it that, you know, Gambia and Comoros will be at, at AFCON next year? You know, I've been, uh, I've been following um, Comoros a lot because they, they've been playing the Kosafa Cup. And um, especially with their coach, and uh, and it's a beautiful story uh, that one of Comoros. And and if you remember, there's a team. I think uh, they, they played Kerala Chiefs um, a few years ago in the Kerala Champions League uh, preliminary stages. And I can't remember, Morocco or something. Um, you know. So, but I think what they've done now, they got a number of players who play in the lower divisions in France um, to to to. To, to to come and be, be behind the team, you know, and and we've seen this 
um, also working uh, for Madagascar uh, two years ago when Madagascar qualified uh, to when they qualified to to Cairo. Remember? Yeah. Um, th- that was that was that was, that was the situation, but for 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 for, for Comoros, um, I think the way. And and I think now people have also been talking about um, uh, Gambia, like you say. Um, Gambia has been a very good project. I was talking to Rido uh, Bedin. Um, now you, you know that uh, Rido is also a well-traveled uh, physical conditioner. Yeah. Um, he's been with Togo. Um, he's he qualified with Togo in 2017. In 20. Um, 2012, he qualified with Botswana, uh, uh, which was also making its maiden appearance uh, back then. Now this is his third Afcon, you know. Um, he was also telling the story of how even in the previous qualifiers, uh, they they had stood up to Algeria, an Algerian team that went on to win at the Afcon tournament um, two years ago, you know. So so uh, this. But the the story of how these teams got to the Afcon um, differs because some of them you find that yes, take for instance uh, Madagascar, Madagascar they were there two years ago, but they're not there now, yeah. you know. Um, you are going to have those uh, fairy tale stories, um, but as to whether those teams have got the capacity to to return to the Afcon again. Uh, it's it's a different story because sometimes you find that there's this short route of getting players who grew up in Europe, you know. But I think the story of uh, Gambia and uh, Comoros differs. Uh, Comoros have gone this route of getting players who, who, who come from that side, but with Gambia they've been building the process. If you look at players like uh, Musa Baro, mm-hmm. uh, who plays for Bologna in uh, in uh, Syria and in Italy and Syria, you know, mm. uh, so and and their results uh, over there. So they've they've been coming up, and and now that's why they've even given Kush uh, Tom Saint um, that ex that t- extended his contract uh, for five years. You know, yeah, which you don't really so, see on on the African continent. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because you see, you see. If you look at the story of Nigeria and you look at Jonah Draw, Jonah Draw is now coaching Nigeria for five years. This has rarely happened previously with Nigerian coaches. That he can be there uh, for a five-year period. But with him, that's the case. Because it means that they are happy, you know? And and you you, you look during this phase, in the last in the, at the last Afcon, they were bronze medalists. I remember, I think it was for 2017, they had failed to qualify for the AFCON. They didn't fire him. You know what he did? He qualified them for the World Cup the following year. You know? Yeah. So I know one will be saying maybe they are hoping that's what Africa can do, you know? But uh, so, 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 so I, 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 you see, what I was trying to say is that on the continent, if you know that maybe the, your team is not strong enough, um, your players are not strong enough. At least, your bench must be strong enough. You know, yeah. your bench must be strong enough in terms of the technical team. That's what. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good point, Vilile. And 
maybe we should just chat on just to close off um just on you know who do you think is it's still very early doors obviously um but do you think who's some of the nations to to keep an eye out uh for at next year's afcon uh, i know the qualifying campaign has not even ended yet i think we still have four games on the go as we are as we are chatting right now um but obviously a team like algeria um you know defending champions and just a wealth of experience they have and wealth of talent they have you think of senegal you think of morocco who's got you know a few players you know doing really well especially you know three players at sevilla for example uh, hakim ziyech who's a high quality player who do you think are some of the nations that we should keep an eye out for at next year in cameroon um you know not not drifting away from cameroon as well who, who shocked the world obviously shocked the african continent a few years back when they won uh, against all odds um who do you think are, are some of the nations that will stand out uh, at next year's afcon well 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 uh, very interesting uh very interesting um, call uh, that you want me to make <laughs> but i think for me as things stand um i don't see anyone dethroning the algerians you know um remember i think they are beaten in how many matches now is it 20 yeah it's 20 something 24. yeah i think 24 25 matches uh, that they are beaten in now you know and if you look at the way they cropped uh, Botswana as well yesterday uh you can see that this is a team that means business you know uh but obviously uh senegal um i rank them high up there as well um and these were the finalists also i remember they lost to um to algeria in in, in the final uh, two years ago um and then mali will always be there um and i i i i also like how mali from time to time they get to refresh their team you can see that the success of their junior national teams is always reflected even in the senior team as well you know and they, they don't they don't miss a moment they don't miss a moment i think uh, mali is one of the few teams um even at, during these qualifiers to use two teenagers you know um so 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 for me when 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 you look at that and um uh, no, no i don't i'm not really sure about uh, ghana um but morocco hmm. I think given a chance um Morocco for me they will be semi-finalists um in 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 Cameroon and and also I'm interested to see what uh, will the indomitable lions do at home uh because uh, Cameroon is a footballing country we saw even during Chan you know so I'm very interested in that but I'm I'm not really sure about uh, Egypt uh I see I see Egypt as uh, a team that plays that depends on the mood of Salah uh maybe there's a bit of over reliance there on Salah and I'm also not really sure about uh, Cote d'Ivoire but I think the Super Eagles you remember they they were bronze medalists in the last competition and the way they are building up and remember most teams will be coming to um in fact most of the teams that have qualified they'll be coming from the conclusion of the world cup qualifiers yeah. so the world cup qualifiers they start with the group stages and that will be 40 teams right that will be playing there then only the group winners out of all those groups will go and play in the final playoff of home and away then the five teams qualify to the world cup so by november we'll know which five teams are going to the world cup and 
the AFCON will be starting in two months' time. So you can imagine how exciting. We're in for a very exciting uh, program. And, and for me, with all due respect, I think there's five teams that will qualify for the World Cup are teams that will be going to the AFCON. Very exciting indeed, Valile. It's just a real pity as Bafana Bafana supporters, we won't be able to watch our team, but hopefully they can do the business in in, in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, thanks again for, for your time and enjoy your time at home and happy Easter. And yeah, thanks again for your expertise and your insight. I really enjoy speaking to you and spending time with you and all the best. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, AB. I, I really hope that um, our team... Um, can can go out there and redeem themselves and and do it for the nation um, because Bafana Bafana um, we love football we've always been behind them but they've disappointed the nation a lot you know yeah. and, and 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 here um, by association Safa as well is equally to blame for this downward spiral of our nation. Yeah, most definitely. On that note, I say goodbye. Thanks, Lile. Thanks again and all the best. Thank you for listening to Disky Discussions. If you have any questions or guests you'd like me to have on the show, please hit me up at AB underscore Basson on Twitter or on Instagram. Stay safe, like, subscribe, aware.